Listen, it's been a tough day for uh, two-thirds of us here at the Ghost Goal Podcast. Uh, we're going to get to the Champions League action. Liverpool progressed against Barcelona. And Tottenham did the same against Ajax. We're going to get to all that, plus a few Premier League previews, as usual, here on our weekend preview pod for the Ghost Goal Podcast. But first, a regular intro. That's a dreadful ball, and Chelsea could be in here with Goff, who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for Gerard! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a hit! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Andrew is off tonight, though you'll hear from him in a second. Uh, We're going to jump to the Champions League action straight away. Usually these preview pods are uh, strictly Premier League, but I'd say the two semifinals we saw this week warrant a uh, significant discussion. Wouldn't you, Javier? Uh, It makes me miss the Champions League, just seeing how amazing these games have been. I I was like glued watching both games, you know, and... I think VAR also adds another element to that, where this is the first year where VAR, the Champions League's had VAR, and it's definitely been influential in the ties, and I, th- I think it's only bit added to like the excitement of it, and, and made the overall, I think the team that's deserved to go through most of the time has ended up going through in each of the ties. Yeah, you could say that. And I think in the past... That may not have been a thing before, you know, VAR was introduced. So I, I think it's going to only improve over the years. And it's this is such a great, like, start to it that, you know, we saw it implemented well in the World Cup, in the Champions League this year. It's been pretty much impeccable. So I guess that one one controversial Llorente handball, right, is the one VAR decision that you would question, right? Well, yeah, I mean. But anyway, the, not back even, to these not games. Not even that controversial, is, is, just. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Well, we're going to start by throwing it out to Andrew because we'll uh, do chronological uh, discussion about this. Uh, The the two games where we do start were, of course, Liverpool uh, and Barcelona and uh, Ajax and Tottenham. Let's go to Andrew real quick to get his view on Liverpool's amazing 4-0 comeback win against Barcelona Anfield. All right, emergency ghost goal pod. We got Andrew Passaro here. It's just me today. Uh, the boys obviously taping a longer pod. Don't have time to hop on the full thing, but we got to talk about one thing. The fact that Liverpool Football Club are returning to the Champions League final after arguably one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen in my 25 plus, well, 25 years of watching sports. That was amazing. I've literally... Never seen anything like that. Obviously, was not a Liverpool fan back in 2005. I mean, it would have been, you know what I mean. You know what the fuck's going on here. Like, we're not we're not here to sit and talk semantics. We're, we're sitting here to talk about the fact that Liverpool came back 
from 3-0 down against Barcelona with the best player in the world, one of the best players ever, and we're going to the Champions League final. I'm not going to lie. We did not have a great feeling going into this one. Felt like we maybe get out with a 2-1 result, which we would look good. No Bobby Firmino, no Mohamed Salah, no Naby Keita going up against... Two of the best pieces Liverpool have had, two of the best players Liverpool have had in the best in the past decade. Most likely, there's an argument to be made there. There's definitely an argument to be made there, and and, and Suarez and Coutinho. Uh, you lose Andy Robertson at at, at halftime after an injury f- <laughs> inflicted by Luis Suarez. But honestly, the perfect performance. Divac Origi getting the opener. Wijnaldum scoring two goals in two minutes after coming on at halftime, and Wijnaldum playing with a man on a fucking mission. I, I've seen the ball out this year, but that man yesterday was perfect. Literally so amazing. Uh, Fabinho was a tank and broke up everything from Messi to Suarez to... Was Coutinho even out there? I, I, tell me, because I'm still looking for him. Virgil van Dijk and my tip were perfect along the back line, and Joel Matip probably had a better day. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to talk about it, but Joel Matip was excellent against Barcelona. Hats off to Jordan Henderson, who balled out again. Just a huge performance for the captain. For a guy who's been killed by both Liverpool fans, English fans, everyone, he did everything yesterday to will his team to victory. And I don't care if you're a Jordan Henderson hater. All you have to do is tip your cap to him yesterday. You have to. You legally have to, okay? He's taken this team back to the final after all the heartbreak he needs cred. Jurgen Klopp just makes you believe. And he instills confidence in everyone. Everyone, including Trent Alexander-Arnold, a, a fucking 20-year-old who has two assists and arguably one of the cheeky assists ever to Divock Origi, who today, news came out, is getting a new contract or getting in a bumper year on his current deal, which is to expire next season. They're going to let him go out and, and try to continue this form. He scored over the weekend. He scores again for Liverpool twice yesterday against fucking Barcelona. I'm, we're going to be healthy for the final. Robertson is expected to be back. But there's there's one other quick thing I want to mention. Liverpool sold Coutinho to Barcelona for 157 million pounds, and went out and bought Virgil Van Dijk and Allison with that exact money. And now they're in back-to-back Champions League finals. And Coutinho, fine, he's going to have two La Liga medals, but he's been the most absent along for the ride piece for Barcelona. Has never been a key contributor like he was at Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp told him, "You stay here, we will build you statues. You will be a legend. You'll be loved forever." And Barcelona fans hate the man. Like, I can't stand Raheem Sterling for selling out on this team. It's unbelievable. I honestly have never been happier after a result yesterday. You know, we've seen this team win big games. The City results last year were huge. The Dortmund comeback in the Europa League a couple years ago was amazing. But there's talk that that's the best ever Liverpool performance. I don't think it's better than Istanbul because 3-0 down in a game against that Milan team is a whole different can of worms, but this is still Barcelona. This is Messi, the best there ever was. But th- this team, man, I-, I don't I don't know how to describe I've literally never been happier in my entire life than that result yesterday. You can ask people here in the office, I was going fucking nuts. And Jurgen Klopp has won every European knockout tie he's coached Liverpool in. They've never lost in the knockout rounds. They've lost in the finals. 
It's a different can of worms. But this team is is different than last year. They're special. They always believe. Coming down from 3 nothing against Barcelona is very few teams do that. And to do it without two major pieces, it's hard to believe they, they can't win the final. It's it's hard. It's, it's very hard for you to tell me that they can't win the final. Even going into today, no, now knowing that it's going to be Spurs, I, I didn't care who it was. I really, I didn't care. It could have been Juventus. It could have been Madrid again. It, it could have been Bayern. It could have been PSG, who obviously they beat two out of those teams, two out of those teams, not to brag. Anybody we played, we were going to win. You just have to believe. And Klopp has done that. And I don't know what else to say, guys. Up the fucking Reds. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, not that we have to thank him when it comes to uh, gushing about Liverpool and historic nights at Anfield. Uh, he's he's very much ready to uh, give us content whenever anything like this happens. But I, I don't think it's a uh, overstatement to say that this is next to the Barcelona PSG comeback, probably the greatest comeback in in Champions League history. I would probably pick this one just because uh, maybe, of the stature maybe, maybe and experience of Barcelona. AC Milan against AC Milan, but yeah, because that team was insane. I, I see. I put that into a different. Well. I put that into a different category because there's there's one thing coming. I mean, it's it's impressive in its own right, and yes, you I wouldn't wouldn't argue with someone if they said they preferred the night in Istanbul over this because it was in the final. But coming back in in two legs, and I know Liverpool had the second leg at home, and that really helped spur them on to to get these four goals that they needed. But there's something there's something more impressive about have to play having to play against Lionel Messi for 180 minutes conceding the goals that they did in the in the first game despite playing pretty well and it being it wasn't a 3-0 Barcelona it didn't like when you watch the game it didn't feel like a 3-0 Barcelona but coming back and getting four in the next game and stopping Messi and obviously all of his teammates from scoring even once <laughs> and Liverpool have plot Barcelona didn't even year. manage that it, it, when PSG Liverpool went there. are Liverpool are just I don't know this is probably one of the craziest teams and seasons that I've ever seen and putting away my bias side of Arsenal fandom, I mean, it's good for, like good to see them, you know, actually reach a final and most likely, you know, they're probably going to win it. They're definitely favorites, you know, considering the results. Well, yeah, they're they're, they're the favorites Bayern this year. Munich, they've beaten, you know, Barcelona. This team has to win something. And it doesn't feel like they're going to win the Premier League. I mean, they might be able to win it next year, but... It, you know City are going to reinforce again, and it's going to be really hard to beat Pep in the league. But it seems like in the Champions League, you know, there's where you can get some joy. And good for them that they were able to do something like that. Because like you said, this was absolutely historic. It was unbelievable to watch. And as soon as Barcelona started this game, though, I thought to myself, you can't you can't do this at Anfield. Like, I've seen, like, teams just set up to try and defend and, you know, hold leads there. If they got, you know, a one or one goal lead or, or an away goal or something, or sorry, you know, like a two to one lead at home, you can't then go to Anfield and, and, and try and hold that. And I mean, yeah, they had a three, three nothing lead. But as soon as Barca got the uh, or Liverpool got the early goal, you you thought, OK, you guys got to go attack, right, Barcelona? Like they kind of attacked like they probably should have gotten a goal in the first half. But in the second half, Liverpool were just absolutely dominant. They did the they did that Liverpool thing they do where they just blitzed a team and you know scored two goals and suddenly it was three three on aggregate and you knew at that point Liverpool were going to get the fourth goal. You just you knew it was coming. It was I didn't think Barcelona were going to go get a goal at any point after you know the the three it became three three. 
you just you just know momentum at that point. Like it, it it sapped all the energy out of the Barca players. All of their heads were down. Like the whole entire crowd, every time they touched the ball, was screaming at the top of their lungs. Like the atmosphere was insane. Yeah, I mean th- that magic at Anfield is uh is really a thing on on European nights and and it's been in the Premier League. So good on them and let's see if uh if they can produce something in the final. But it's gonna be something different in the final, right? It's gonna be a neutral ground, Tottenham's first, like, you know, major European final in decades. I mean, save save the final preview for when we got Andrew back on here. I mean, we got to we got to dig up a Tottenham fan somewhere too to uh, come on and help us preview that one because it's the first all English final since Chelsea United in two thousand eight. It's uh, we'll, we'll talk about Tottenham in a few minutes, but I, I just wanted to say how as soon as Liverpool got that first goal, uh, what was it? It was seven minutes in. Jordan Henderson is just allowed to just walk through Barcelona's defense and get a shot on goal, and the resulting uh, you knew it was going to be a long, uh, save long, just goes right long to day for Barcelona at that point. Yeah, you knew they had like a slight chance, but then Barcelona opened themselves up a bit, just to create a few chances for themselves. Coutinho, Suarez don't take chances against their old clubs. Allison, second year in a row that he's uh, been the goalkeeper for a side that's come back from a three nil deficit or a three goal deficit against Barcelona in the second leg. He had some huge saves in that first half, but yeah, I, I would agree. the The second half, it was shocking to see just how how flaccid Barcelona looked, especially in midfield. I mean, a lot of people have come down very hard on Sergio Busquets, who, you know, it just didn't look like the kind of game that he would succeed in. They, they needed more combative energy, more, more, more fight and bite in midfield. And Vidal was able to sort of provide that in spurts in the first half, but then faded in the second half. They bring on Artur, who I wouldn't say had too big of an effect on the game. Liverpool just... Andrew mentioned it in that uh, you you haven't listened to this yet, but Andrew mentioned in in his uh, submission he sent us that we haven't said it yet that there was no Salah, there was no Firmino. Andy Robertson went off at halftime. Their left back and Wijnaldum replaced him and came on and scored two goals in the first like five or ten minutes of the second half. Trent Alexander Arnold was unbelievable. I mean, of course, he yeah. he, he had I think th- two assists. Two assists. And the, the the assist to the fourth goal was just absolute genius. Like, never seen anything like that. I love that. I mean, I've seen no. Klopp actually, I've seen the, stuff like that, but you, it's just so rare to well, see. Have you heard about Have you heard about level. Klopp and the analysts uh, at Liverpool picked out from Barcelona in the first leg and plenty of uh, times uh, before that that they noticed that Barcelona usually take a little bit longer to set themselves up and uh, get refocused for set pieces because they spend so much time bitching at referees and complaining about whether a ball went off them or the opponents or whether that was actually a foul or or whatever has just happened. And during that exact moment, the the game poised perfectly poised at 3-3 with 15 minutes to go, Trent Alexander-Arnold noticed basically the entire uh, Barcelona defense Still looking at the referee for some reason, not focusing on the fact that a corner is about to be taken. And obviously, Origi's just left there to still fin- finish very well into the top corner. That was a very well taken goal. Yeah, that was really <laughs> he, good. Composure. He had no time. He, he Origi, I think Origi himself wasn't looking at the ball when Trent Alexander Arnold played it, just managed to turn his head just in time to see it come towards him and just quick hit it into the top left corner. We asked before this when we were predicting who, who's going to go through in this tie, what, what home field advantage is going to be deemed the best in Europe? Because we were talking about the Camp Nou and Anfield being the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. And, you know, 
you can pretty confidently say now that Anfield has the edge because if you told me Liverpool were going to come back from uh, 3-0 down last week at the end of that game at the Camp yeah, Nou. no Salah I and no Firmino, I, said, I, I, I would said, have thought well, it was impossible. That's what I'm getting to. That's, that's what I'm getting to. I, I, we said to each other, you were talking to me like the tie was wrapped up. You were jizzing yourself about Messi, as you always do. And I said, okay, Barcelona have like a 90% chance of winning this. But Liverpool still have Anfield. Like they could get an early goal and maybe get themselves back into it. But once Salah went out in that Newcastle game and Firmino was ruled out uh, also, I, I I didn't even start watching this game. I waited until it got to like 1-0 or 2-0 and then jumped in. Because <laughs> I was just like, there's no way they can do it. Messi will score at some point. It'll turn at some point. And credit to Liverpool, man. That's that's impressive. That's imp- super impressive to do. I don't know if anyone will ever top that. The best Chelsea ever did against Barcelona in the same situation was, I think we lost 3-1 at the Camp Nou in like 2005 when Ronaldinho was World Player of the Year. And then we came back to Chel- uh, Stanford Bridge and won 4-2 and went up by like three goals in the first 20 minutes. It's, it's really hard to overturn any deficit like that. Uh, at the Camp Nou, um, even if you do have a great home field advantage. So Liverpool will be in their third European final in as many years. They lost the Europa League final uh, a couple of years ago to Sevilla. They lost the Champions League final uh, last year to Real Madrid, and they will play Tottenham. All right, we're on the Liverpool train now. This year. Let's go, Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool, I, I hate to say Liverpool, it, but I'm holding Reds. a gun to my head, Liverpool. <laughs> Which, of course, brings us to Tottenham, who overturned what was eventually a 3-0 deficit in today's game at Ajax. They went into the game trailing 1-0 after the first leg last week. Uh, went down 2-0 uh, after goals from Matthias De Ligt in the fifth minute and uh, Hakim Ziyech midway through the first half. And then a second half hat-trick from Lucas Mora, of all people, including a, uh, a winning goal in the 95th minute of five minutes of added time. God, put po- through Poch their first made Champions me eat crow on both Tottenham players that I hated and thought were complete shit. Lucas Mora. You, you know what this means? Sissoko. You know what this means, Javier? I, I, said to you, I said to you guys on our semifinal preview pod, I said, I keep picking against Tottenham and they keep winning these games. Yeah, you fuck. And I said, I need to weigh up. I need to weigh up whether I want to win the Champions League picks that we're doing on this podcast or whether I want uh, Tottenham to win the European Cup. So I have to pick Tottenham in the final. I have to pick them. I have to convince myself they're going to do it if any way to reverse jinx them so that Liverpool win it. Because we're the only club in London that's allowed to win the Champions League. We're the only European champions in London. Uh, It's going to stay that way, hopefully. Hopefully Liverpool win and uh, we can beat Arsenal in a uh, Europa League final this year and maintain our place as the dominant European club in uh, in London. So, but okay, not, not I'm going to stop waxing lyrical about Chelsea. This oh, night was all you, about Alex. Tottenham. I appreciate that. Thank you. I yeah, was about I to fall you asleep. Do. I mean, I, I, fi- I figure you do it enough about Arsenal with no basis whatsoever. So a, a, a fan of a team who's actually won some things recently should jump in and then, you know, hey, uh, three FA Cups in the last that right. uh, four years. Oh yeah. Three FA Cups. What does that equal? Like half a league title? Is that- that's about a league title. <laughs> We, we should have no, won the no, league no, in 2016. That's, that's, a ter- that's a terrible Finger conversion Finger threw, threw it away. Uh, it was Finger's fault. See, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. <laughs> You're doing it right now. <laughs> but let's get back to Tottenham. Uh, the final aggregate score was 3-3. Tottenham progressed on away goals. I mean, this is the greatest night in Tottenham's European history uh, <laughs> to score basically what looked like a buzzer beater. Uh, or the equivalent of a buzzer beater against uh, Ajax to go through to the final, their first Champions League final 
I want to say their first European Cup final, but I didn't actually watch this game. I couldn't bring myself to watch it. If you want to actually break it down, go for it. I, I Not that I want to make you relive past trauma, but if you can do that for us, Javier, please I, do. It, it, okay. I mean, in the first half, like the first like 10, 15 minutes, Tottenham looked like, okay, look, they were up to the task of playing toe-to-toe with Ajax, but then Ajax just like waxed them on a couple of plays and right after Tottenham's bright start, you know, set piece goal from, from, I mean, future Barcelona player. And he, he's definitely going to be like, you know, the captain of, of the Dutch national team, probably after Van Dyke, amazing player in Delict, but only 19 years old, you know, gets a goal and then Tottenham get, get back in it. They, you know, again, they look like they can score a goal and they're playing well. And then the sucker punch comes a second goal from, from my ex and lovely, goal beautiful too. finish great from Ziyech. Yeah, goal. it was it was just yeah. typical, you know, Ajax, great passing. Tadic, his usual brilliant self, gets another assist here. And you thought, okay, Ajax are going to probably score another one, and they absolutely should have. But I guess at halftime, you went in 2 0, and you're thinking, all right, this tie's over. I thought the tie was over. But I thought, okay, well, you know, it's it was a fun game, so let's watch. I think right after. T- uh, Right after Ajax scored, Son hit the post, like 30 seconds later. and Right after Ajax scored the, the first, first goal, second yeah. Goal. And Trippier missed, like, the rebound, which he should have scored. So, like, Tottenham were, like, they were in it, like, the whole time. You thought, like, okay, they can get a goal, an away goal here, and they'd still be in it. Which is, like, always the danger of playing away. The other team needing to like, you know, score goals at your stadium is... If they get a few goals, it can be really hard to come back, which is basically what happened here. And if in the second half, it just you could tell that being a Premier League level team mattered. Like maybe yeah. it didn't matter up to this point for Ajax's opponents in the Champions League. No disrespect to like Juventus, obviously, and Real Madrid, who you know are both great teams. Real didn't do that well this year in the league, um, and you think you know they're going to be much better next year, but. Yeah, Juventus easily you know walked their league, but fitness-wise, Tottenham, you know they're they're an insanely fit team. Pochettino has this team at the highest level, and you could just tell after like the 60th minute that you know as soon as Tottenham got their first goal, it was like the Ajax players they stopped trying to pass, you know, play their tippy tappy football, and they just started dropping deeper and deeper, and you just knew at that point you were like, oh no. You're letting Tottenham back in this. And to be fair, Tottenham were absolutely brilliant for the next like 30 till, till the end of the game. They were, you know, really good in possession, weren't losing the ball at all. Everyone was playing well. And you, you just, you could kind of see it coming. I mean, w- w- what finishes by Lucas Mora? I mean, what a hat trick again. Uh, I was wrong about him again. Another player <laughs> that Pochettino has seemingly transformed from, you know, the player that he was at PSG. Yeah, I just it 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 was really good spirit from Tottenham and you know, taking away my bias as an Arsenal fan again, looking at this from like a neutral perspective. Like I'm kind of happy for them. I mean, Pochettino like No, you're not. Come on. Don't don't lie on the podcast. You're not happy. I'm not for happy them. for them. You're impressed. Ha- real Javier's. You're not. impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, maybe that's the better word. I mean, it- I feel like I've used the word impress or impressive multiple times already. In this yeah, I'm not podcast, happy but, for them, but it, it yeah. feels like it's it's I'm sure it's satisfactory for them for like all the work that Pochettino's done at the club to, to be able to 
you know, take them to something and to achieve something to go to European final and possibly win it. And that's, that's, I don't think that any other manager would have been able to achieve something like that, especially considering that they didn't make any transfers in January or over the summer. That's absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, the script's pretty much flipped on Liverpool now, where so many Liverpool fans in the past, during this past season or two, have uh, used the uh, <laughs> criticism of Man City buying the league to uh, support themselves. Now they're the club who spent like $400 million in the last couple of years, and Tottenham haven't spent anything in the last two transfer windows. So uh, it's an interesting flip uh, of the script right there. <laughs> the, and this uh, is this is the two managers that on their two teams for these last you know four years for Klopp and five for Pochettino, they've been criticized for not winning anything. Neither of them has won a trophy. So right, this We've is got a whole new this is, um, immovable object or immovable object versus unstoppable. Right. One force. of them is going to break that. <laughs> Klopp or Pochettino, yeah, absolutely, who will win their first trophy at their respective English club. We'll, of course, have a Champions League preview uh, a little bit closer to the time. That final will be, will be played on June 1st uh, in Madrid at uh, the Wanda Metropolitano, Atletico Madrid's brand new stadium. Uh, it's going to be a hell of an event. It's I'm not going to enjoy watching the final. I will watch it anyway so that we can uh, bring our takes to you here on this podcast. But uh, I won't like it. Um, and I will ever so slightly root for Liverpool because... As I said on a a uh, discussion with some listeners on Twitter about an hour or two before we recorded the pod, better the devil you know than the devil that you don't. Liverpool have won five Champions League titles. They're obviously a historic club. This is not uh, unfamiliar territory to them, even though it is like uh, they, they haven't won a trophy yet under Klopp. Uh, they're certainly not unfamiliar with getting to Champions League finals. Tottenham winning a Champions League final would feel like... It would feel like... If Everton all of a sudden launched into the same stratosphere, and I'm tr- obviously only Liverpool fans will have that kind of relationship with Everton, but Tottenham for so long, or for the last twenty years or something, have been like Arsenal and Chelsea's little brother. Obviously, the last couple of years with uh, our club's instability and Tottenham getting relative to us um, modicum of stability themselves, getting top four for the past three, it looks like four seasons. It's, it's been a rough adjustment to have to start taking Tottenham seriously, and I still struggle with it at times, but you can't deny it now. They're a serious top four club. They, they've, they've gone through Dortmund. They've gone through, through City. Now they've gone through Ajax. They'll have to beat Liverpool in the final, which I don't think they've managed to beat Liverpool at all this season or the last couple of seasons. So it will be a huge test for them, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, we, of course, they, had a, they hadn't really a, been beating Manchester City either. And they were able to do that. Well, we beat them so. in that first leg, yeah. It, it had been it's a while. It's been a season yeah. of first for Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. We, of course, are a Premier League podcast. There is still one more week of Premier League action coming up this weekend. Uh, we're going to quickly hit on uh, these games, give our predictions, even though it is tough with so much of the league table wrapped up by now. But there is, of course, the matter of the Premier League title to sort out. So let's start at the top of the table, work our way down. All these games are going to be played Sunday, 10 a.m. here in the States, uh, 3 p.m. in England. Uh, We'll start Brighton hosting Manchester City. Andrew's got a 2-2 draw, which is, let me just say, crazier things have happened. I mean, it would (laughs) be the theme of the week. It would be in the theme of the week. The theme of the week is crazy results. He is, of course, predicting that City drop points and 
I'll let you guys guess. He's got Liverpool winning against Wolves uh, uh, at the same time. Let me har- let me paint the picture of how this could happen. Back in 2012, City should be the most familiar with this. 2012, last day of the season, City just need to win against a relegation-fighting QPR side on the last day of the season. They go down, uh, or they go ahead 1-0, and then they go down 2-1 to QPR. And then they come back in the final two or three minutes of injury time. Uh, Dzeko ties it up. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Aguero scores in the 93rd or 94th minute, and they win the title. QPR had no business going to the Etihad, even with their Premier League uh, safety in the balance. They had no business going to going to the Etihad and, and winning that game. Yet somehow, with two minutes to go in, in regular time, they were up two one, and you know it took an absolutely like legendary finish from City to to wrap up that title. Now Brighton obviously don't have the same uh, uh, the same sort of thing to play for. They don't have they're sa- they're wrapped up their safety uh, last week. But after what they did to Arsenal last week, again Arsenal very different team than uh, Man City. Is it that crazy to think City just have an off day on the most important day of the season? Yeah, no, it's only it's a little crazy. I have them winning three nil. I don't think it's going to be like a. Difficult. I mean, I have them winning two 0 I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to dangle it out there and see, like, like it's the Premier League. This is what the Premier League is known for: yeah. unexpected results, I mean, it unexpected would be, it would be outcomes. Very crazy if Brighton were able to just play free attacking and get a goal or something. But I can't see them scoring two goals. That seems nobody's been able to score two goals on City in the in recent times, except for in the Champions League. But City have been pretty impeccable. You know, they conceded one goal here or there in games, but. Defensively, they've been awesome, so I don't expect them to, uh, especially with Big Daddy Company at the helm, to concede to just absolute garbage attackers that Brighton has <laughs> in yet Jacam Yahambanash and Glenn Murray and what like Sully March like like it's just it's it's yeah, and we couldn't score on that. No, all right. Um, I, let's not get into that. But I think City will uh, will easily be able to dispatch Brighton here. I, I'm not going to say easily. I'm going to say two 0 I think just because of the occasion itself. Obviously, they already had they their off the day in the last game. They're gonna they're gonna spank. Like they got over the hurdle. Yeah, I didn't even think that was an off day. I thought I thought City were pretty good no, in that dude, game. They and missed Leicester like were every just, shot. They were we really nervous about it. and they were missing all their shots. Now, but but Leicester Leicester were excellent in that game. They're exactly they knew Brighton they were going to be anywhere near as good as Leicester. This is were. not the same ordeal. They're playing against a terrible team, which they they know they should absolutely destroy. And Brighton are not going to have any prayer of getting anything that's not on set pieces. So, will you? Uh, I guess I should save this question for a little bit later, but I'm guessing you're going to be watching the Arsenal game during all of this. Oh, no, I'm not watching football on Sunday, most likely. (laughs) Why would I watch any of this shit? Why is that? Oh, because it's Mother's Day. You have to spend time with your mom. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to be with my mom. Yeah, Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. I'll be with my mom at Mass where she wants me, you know. Uh, Chelsea wrapped up top four already. uh, Miserable wench of a day that most likely will not go anything like it should. It should, or you hope. I hope, Um, as you guys will see. But the much more even of the two games that are uh, involved at the top of the table is going to be Liverpool hosting Wolves, uh, also at 10 a.m. Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Liverpool. I've got a 2-2 draw. 
I think, after the huge expending of energy that it took, or huge expense of energy that it took to overcome that 3-0 result against Barcelona. And frankly, just the release of celebrating that semifinal just on Tuesday. I think Liverpool dropped points here. You know, Wolves, again, other than City and Liverpool, and maybe Tottenham and Arsenal, teams don't really have much to play for anymore. Wolves just kind of strike me as the team that they don't need their league place to be up in the air for them to want to go somewhere and and, and ruin someone's day. There's plenty of teams in the Premier League that you could say that about. But Wolves, to me, seem like one of them. They relish the chance of these these big games and big venues against uh, against world-class opponents. I think with Robertson out, Salah coming back from a pretty vicious concussion, and Firmino still, uh, now that they have the Champions League final to worry about, probably... Uh, if he doesn't start, maybe he comes on off the bench, but he's not fully fit, like not 100% uh, in terms of his his match fitness. I don't know. I could see Liverpool slipping up here. And even if it's close in the City-Brighton game, which we've both discussed, we don't think will be the case. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that just didn't matter in the end and Liverpool drop points. Uh, what do you have? Uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but Liverpool, they're coming off such a big high that I don't see Wolves being able to to stop the momentum that they have at the moment. And I think even if they don't play their full-strength squad, if they have, you know, Shakiri and Origi, who haven't been playing many games, who they'll definitely be recovered by Sunday. You know, that there's plenty of days, of days to recover between now and then. And a lot of the players that they might need to show up in this game, which might be, again, Shakiri and Origi, that they don't they don't have a lot of mileage under their belt this year. You know, Mane, he's Yeah, I don't even I'm not even saying like the 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 wear and tear of the season. I'm not saying like fatigue from playing too many games. I just think like the emotional But they got a while the to recover. Tax I think, it's, I think that, it, like you're you're if this was game was first thing Saturday morning, I would say yes, but like they have to I don't Sunday, think it's something you recover from the, though. The extra I think, day is going to help them. I don't think it's 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 really hard to explain. It's such it's such a subjective thing, but it was such a huge result against Barcelona. How do you get yourself back up to even like a, a similar level to that to go out and beat a really good Wolves team at home? Obviously, being at home yeah, will I help. Mean, they might Having slip a few up. better right. players will I mean, help. But Wolves, Wolves don't really have much to play for here. I think they've wrapped up seventh place, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's seventh is wrapped up for them. I don't know. I think that they they might take it a little bit easier than they have in every other game this year. It might just be. The one, you know, one of those games that they don't play as well. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll still try and score, which is why I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a 2-1 Liverpool. But, yeah, I just have a feeling that Liverpool, the way things are going right now, they're, they're going to finish with 97 points and they're going to make Man City, you know, have to finish with 98. Sure. Okay. Uh, so that's the top of the table where uh, all the business this weekend will be sorted out. But there's still the matter of third and fourth place to be ironed out. Uh, Chelsea right now sitting in third place will travel to Leicester City. Uh, objectively, one of the more interesting games of the weekend. It's a Leicester team that despite that loss uh, at Manchester City on Monday uh, are all still playing very well. We discussed how impressive they were uh, on, on Monday night on the on the recap pod the other day. But this, all of these players, it's still a fairly new regime under Brendan Rodgers, and they're all kind of trying to cement their place in Rodgers' plans next year and going forward. So I don't expect Leicester to ease off the gas at all against Chelsea up at their place. Uh, I think it's going to be a really tough game. Obviously, Chelsea have a uh, European semifinal of their own to contend with uh, at home uh, tomorrow. It will probably be already done by the time you guys have listened to this, but they'll play Eintracht Frankfurt in the second leg of the Europa League semifinal. 
uh, with the score currently tied at 1-1. So with the Champions League place already locked up mathematically in the league, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all of our focus was thrown into that game. And I, I think a 2-2 here at Leicester would be a pretty good result to finish out the season. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw, uh, something along the same lines. I would love to see us wrap up third place. I would love to, uh, it would be some kind of a consolation prize to just finish above Tottenham and Arsenal, you know, our, our rivals in the city. Tottenham obviously have, have their focus elsewhere and won't really be bothered by that, but it would be a nice consolation prize for us to say, hey, look, we went from fifth to third, that's some improvement. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'll just take anything but a loss in this game. What do you have uh, for this game? Yeah, I I think that you guys maybe now that you have top four wrapped up uh, and you're going to have a difficult Europa League tie uh, tomorrow, I think that you may not have your full energy in this game and you will, um, you know, you won't really have that much to play for. So I don't think that you guys will show up that that big in this game but then again Eden Hazard he uh you know the could possibly be his last Chelsea could game could be his last Chelsea game and he, he might want to things don't work out for us tomorrow too. so I could see you guys tying as well but Leicester are playing really well and I think they're gonna want to end the uh, the season with a win so I'm gonna I'm gonna say 2-1 Leicester sure okay uh so now in fourth place Tottenham will host Everton Andrew has a 2-0 win for Tottenham I've got a 2-1 win for Everton and uh Javier <laughs> have you been possessed by the ghost of Andrew Pissarro? Yeah, what, you know, what's I'm, going on I'm here? I'm trying to follow up on Andrew's picks here. And you're, you're predicting Homer-related results, yes, uh, even I'm, no matter how I'm ridiculous doing it seems. Javier Andrew delusion god and picking 4-1 Everton win here. Uh, I think Tottenham, they're going to be depleted from, from their journey okay, see, in the Champions see that, League. I, I agree with you on that. That's why I have Everton winning myself. They're, I just don't think it's going to be that Everton by that Everton are an amazing run. Richarlison, he's a dickhead. He hates Tottenham. And yeah, no, they're just going to destroy Tottenham. And Tottenham, they're at their stadium, but they're not going to want to win in front of their fans. No, they don't care about that. They're more concerned about the Champions League. They're all going to want to stay healthy and not you know, pick up any injuries here. So they're going to play half-hearted, uh, knowing that they pretty much have top four wrapped up. And thinking, oh, we can't possibly throw this. We're Tottenham. And, you know, maybe they'll concede four goals. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome, of course, because uh, Arsenal still technically aren't mathematically uh, (laughs) disqualified from getting into the top four. They are currently three points behind Tottenham with one game to play. And they trail Tottenham by eight in the goal difference mark. So if they manage to level their goal difference with Tottenham, they have scored more goals which is the next tiebreaker after goal difference, which personally, I don't really understand that. I kind of wish it was done like it is in Italy, where the first tiebreaker is your head-to-head record. Which we would win you as guys well. Would be, you would be ahead on that too. Uh, and then it's goal difference, and then it's goal forced. I, I think you need to inject that little bit of extra like meaning into those head-to-head matchups. So that come the end of the year... Uh, that win back in November that Arsenal had against Tottenham at the Emirates, that actually means a little bit more <laughs> than it than it does right now. But uh, instead, Arsenal will need to overturn an eight goal difference. Uh... <laughs> I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I mean, I obviously don't see it happening either. And... <laughs> it would take something absolutely absurd. But I have Arsenal winning 5-0, which is, you know, obviously insane. It. The chance of something like that happening are extremely low, 
Well, well you pick it. You're saying your Arsenal prediction before we've uh, introduced that game, oh, which we might we as well were, get to now. We They're hand in hand. Sure. Yeah, you know, I was I was mid segue kind of, but yeah, Arsenal's game uh, obviously at the same time will be up at Turf Moor against Burnley, a notoriously difficult uh, venue for most of the top six teams to go to. You have Arsenal winning 5-0. So I'm glad we just have you on record saying that you don't think it's likely. This is just this is what you think you guys are going to need to make it happen. Yeah. Do, do you Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think Emery will be saying to the players, assuming that you're through the Europa League final, do you think he will say to them, let's go out there and let's attack – since it doesn't matter, like we've got nothing to lose, let's see if we can beat them four or five nil, and in the process, sort of uh, make Tottenham uneasy, because obviously Pochettino and his staff will be looking at that result, even out of the side, uh, side glancing that game. And if they see Arsenal's up like three nil after the first thirty minutes, do you not think they'll start to get a little bit nervous? Yeah, and absolutely. Maybe that has they an could. effect. I mean, that that's what we're, they're gonna. He's gonna say. He's gonna say. Let's just attack. We have nothing to lose. We need to score a lot of goals. If we can score, we've got goal scorers in the team. You know, if 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 we can somehow catch some crazy drift, and the Burnley players are just you know, they've been eating some pies this week, taking taking it easy, which I don't think they have. I'm sure Sean Dyche has them in in top shape, and I don't think this is going to be a an easy game. But I think we win five zero. Yep, that's my take. Okay, well, because you guys have to attack, um, I, I have Burnley two one. <laughs> I think they could just counter, counter the shit out of you and rip you to pieces. Um, Andrew's got a one one draw. Um, it's it's one of those ones where, like the Brighton Man City game, we're entertaining all possibilities. Uh, we by no means endorse the likelihood of any of these things happening, but you know it's the Premier League. Crazier things have happened. Let's finish up with a couple pickums. Uh, United and Cardiff will play at, at Old Trafford. Uh, Andrew's got a 2-1 United win. I've got a 3-1 United win with uh, zero pressure. And uh, so does Javier, 3-1 Manchester United. Uh, Crystal Palace will play Bournemouth. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw there. I'm going to say 2-1 Bournemouth. And uh, Javier's got a 2-2 draw. Uh, Newcastle will go to Fulham. Andrew's got a 1-0 Fulham win. I've got a 1-1 draw. And Javier's got a 2-1 Fulham win. Uh, Southampton will host Huddersfield. Andrew for this one has a 2-0 Southampton win. I've got a 1-0 Southampton win. And uh, Javier's got 3-1 Southampton. And uh, finally, uh, an objectively interesting game that I would love to watch if it actually meant more. Uh, Watford and West Ham will play each other uh, at Vicarage Road. Andrew's got a 2-2 draw. I'm going to say 2-1 Watford. And Javier, you've got 3-3. So you're saying we should just not give a shit about the rest of the Premier League results and just watch Watford-West Ham just go at it. Watford Watford obviously up the FA Cup final next week. Go at it. Watford. You don't think the FA Cup final affects them at no, all? No, Prepping for that? No? They're, really. they're all trying to play their way into... I, I agree. I think they're all going to be trying to play their way into the team yeah, for the final. Like, let's, and that's why let's I have Watford winning. And, you know, yeah, I don't... Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fun one. And I think West Ham, too. They've got nothing to lose. They're just going to want to score a bunch of goals for their fans. Both teams are, you know. So... Nice. All right. Well, that wraps it up for our Premier League previews for this season. We'll be back to uh, discuss a few of the results and I'm guessing the review of the season overall next week and who ends up winning the league title. Uh, hopefully Andrew can join us for that one if he's uh, if he's uh, not too busy celebrating a Liverpool title or crying over Liverpool not winning the title. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Javier, thanks for coming on again. Uh, I know it was a difficult one for both of us with... <laughs> 
with how these Champions League uh, results have gone. I, you know, the, the show must go on regardless of how Liverpool and Tottenham do. The show has to go on. Go follow us on social media at Andrew Passaro. Uh, you can follow me at asmos92 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow Javier on Instagram at javierev9. Go follow the Ghost Gold Pod Twitter and Instagram accounts. Go like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast on iTunes. We're obviously available on Spotify if you haven't heard. And until next time, 